you will leave feeling like a better American. You will leave feeling a message of hope, full of inspiration. So don't you ever tell me that you can't make a difference. Because you can. When you build an organization that's funded with grassroots warrior, when you put financial skin in the game, your commitment to this, we are able to do magical things. Because we're competing with the establishment, we're competing with these self-funders, and they're going to be showing a lot of money, but I'll take your boots on the ground any day of the week. morning my fellow michiganders good morning my fellow americans uh quick live today to cover a couple of things that are going on right now a couple of arrows being shot at our campaign uh which is fine we're going to address that we're going to talk about how governor whitmer is using covid relief money to push crt in schools like these other democrat ran states like uh california Illinois and New York. Um, we're also going to talk about tonight's event in Calhoun County in Springfield, Michigan. Springfield, we are coming to your city. So we're going to talk about that too. So we have a very, very great day today as we, the people's run for governor, we, the people's campaign, continue to hammer down harder with each and every passing moment. A shout out again to my unbelievable grassroots warriors who are just doing unbelievable things right now with not only calling but the door knocking you folks are going to be the reason why we win this thing it is lion mode as we say um so continue to do what you do best is outwork everyone else and you guys are doing just that and i'm extremely extremely proud of every single one of you so this text message or this text conversation that i had two years ago almost two years ago to the day um because it was april 23rd 2020 so yeah over two years ago um, and this has been circulating around for two years. And I've literally answered this question probably 45 times on posts, on lives, on conversations, on phone calls. And so again, when they continue to bring up old stuff and when it doesn't stick, they wait a few months and they throw them out again, hoping it sticks again, hoping that they catch me in some type of lie. And folks, the problem with telling the truth, is you don't have to remember it. Okay, so let me give you the background of this text. Um, April 23rd, 2020 at 1.39 p.m., um, this person, I forgot who this person is, says, I am curious, one, what way you think our protest is violent? And I said, and I quote, I don't, but we have to make those statements so Facebook doesn't kick us out. They are looking for a reason to shut us down. The deep tech oligarchs are against us. And so they took this response and they're taking it out of context, which the progressive left does a lot. So... To give you the background of what was happening at this time, we had a Facebook group. It was called Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine, which at this time, um, I think this was just a few days before we actually did get taken down. We grew to almost 400,000 people or over 400,000 people. And at that time, we were in lockdown. If you posted anything about a protest, a rally, a get together, Facebook would immediately take you down. Because you were advocating the spread of disease, telling people to go outside and get together, which remember, we were supposed to be social distancing at this time. And so as the leader of this movement, which I was in charge of 400,000 people and trying to keep them connected, staying together, because that is one thing that we were missing over the previous two months is that level of connectability, right? We weren't connecting. And that's what they wanted to continue to do is divide us 
so we wouldn't have conversations. So I was doing everything I could to keep this group afloat. And we knew we were going to get taken down because in the background at this time, me and my co-founder, Ron Armstrong, and other great grassroots warriors were trying to get um, our organization set up for Stand Up Michigan. And holy cow, we were able to do that shortly after we got taken down. But it was a monumental task. We had people in the background working like 24 hours a day. These people were simply amazing. They tried to get our website up, to try to get our platform secure um, and let go, let God at that moment. So what was posted, and I think because Facebook has this data, you couldn't post anything about protests and rallies. And we were trying to get people to go to these rallies without constantly pushing out. But obviously, um, some people's echo chamber, we weren't doing enough. And so they continue to get on our platform and just bash us and hate on us and spread all these hateful comments. And that's another thing that will get you taken down on Facebook, which we all learn. If you attack somebody or say something violent or negative, Facebook clips you. And so we had a group of moderators and we directed them like, hey, if anybody's spreading any hate or violence, you boot them. And they're like, they're censoring us. This is free speech. No, it's Facebook's platform. And you are trying to utilize our platform for your own agenda, which people tend to do because they can't grow their own platforms. So they are trying to hijack ours and we are trying to keep people connected. So I made a post about the rally at the end of April, I think it was. And I said, hey, we support everyone's First Amendment right to peacefully protest. Just make sure you don't do it violent. That's all I said. And that's when I received this text. I'm curious, one, what way you think our protest is violent? And I replied, I don't. And I didn't. I just said, hey, we respect everybody's First Amendment right. And you should have a First Amendment right. And you should peacefully protest. But as soon as you turn violent, you lose that First Amendment right. And that's true. And that's what we posted. And they said, I said to response to his comment, I don't, but we have to make those statements. And I was just telling the truth. Do it peacefully. Don't turn violent. Let's rock and roll. So Facebook doesn't kick us out. They are looking for a reason to shut us down. The deep tech oligarchs are against us, which they were. And so they took this and they continue to bring this up and continue to throw mud. And like, he needs to be asked this question. Well, I've been asked this question 45 times and I've answered it the same every single time. Even had conversations, Facebook posts and lives before Facebook took it down about this very text. But what they do is they continue to try to throw mud and bring up old stuff, which is fine. And to me, that's just a sign of desperation in their camp. OK, um, and folks, look, there's tons of misinformation. You still see the same old stuff that people spread about our campaign. And I, it's kind of comical because you're like, where'd that $50,000 come from? Where'd that Mike Shirky money come from? <laughs> like it's all public knowledge. All you have to do is look up our funds and our donations and all the funding that we have gotten is right there for everybody to read. And we've never received a $50,000 check. We've never received a $50,000 check from any PACs or anything. It's all right there. All you have to do is look it up, but they're spreading misinformation and that's a sign of this desperation. So it's interesting how that happens, but it does put division out there. And folks, we need unity now. We need unity within our own Republican Party. I mean, it's fractured right now, and it's time to have a candidate to unite people. And that's what I've been stating ever since the beginning, because this happened at a Branch County event of very passionate people. Um, and there was one person that bought into this misinformation, and she got up and she was fired up. And she said, you know, you did this, you did that. And she was yelling. I was like, hey, why are you yelling? And then we had a conversation. It was a heated conversation. And she got up and she started to leave. I said, why are you leaving? Why can't we talk? And she's like, because I, I don't want to stand up in the front with you because I don't want to yell at you. I said, because I'm giving you the truth. It may not be your truth, which you believe, but it's the truth. And she's like, we'll talk afterwards. I was like, absolutely. So we finished up an unbelievable event in Branch County. I went and found her. I said, you ready to wrestle outside? Make it a joke. And she said, yeah, we'll wrestle. 
And we had a conversation. And I said, look, all the stuff that you're hearing online, it's not true. So let me explain to you what happened. And we had a great conversation. And she's like, I never knew. I never knew. I was like, that's why I'm here, just to tell you what happened. And that's what happened. And I said, I love your passion. I love your energy. Holy cow, I'd love nothing more for you to volunteer for our campaign. And she's like, well, I'm supporting another candidate. I said, that's that's great. I said, support the candidate that you want to support. But when they lose in the primary, because they are, because we're going to win, I want you to join our campaign. Will you do that? And she's like, yes. If my candidate loses after the primary, I will join your campaign as a volunteer. I said, will you shake on it? We shook on it. I had a witness there. I gave her a hug and I told her I appreciated her. Guess what? Turning a non-unity, um, turning a division into unity, folks. And that's what I do is people feel that. And that's my job as a leader of this thing is to continue to unite people, to continue to have hard conversation. Hey, people are passionate right now and they're angry. And guess what? They have every right to be angry. I'm angry too. I'm ticked off just as much as all of you. That's why I'm doing something about it. That's why I'm running, because I'm sick and tired of these career politicians, these silver spoon politicians, these elitists trying to have control over all of us. And I'll take the arrows on both sides, because that's one thing that happens, because there is a small echo chamber out there that's very forceful. They, they spread division. They spread hate. They spread misinformation. But you can tell by their echo chamber that people don't want that. People want inspiration and hope. And that's what I give them. And that's what true leadership is is people don't want division anymore. People don't want hate. They want somebody who's going to stand up for them, inspire them, and give them hope. And that's what I'll continue to do. So I'll take those arrows when people say, well, you're not far right enough, right? That's fine. I'm going to continue to be me. And if you like what you see and you like what you hear, then join our movement and we'll continue to hammer down and win this thing. But it's time for us to unite. And it's time for people to quit slinging mud at our own party. And it's it's probably going to get worse, and that's fine. And the debates are coming up in less than two weeks, and there'll be a reckoning, trust me, as we continue to hammer down, because I plan on dominating those debates um, by just being me, okay? So let's move on to more important issues, how Governor Whitmer is pushing COVID relief money to push CRT in schools in California, uh, Illinois, New York are doing the same thing. Um, And they said in this article on Fox News this morning, there are at least 10 other states, including Michigan, New Jersey and Virginia, that have used their plan to use billions of dollars in this COVID funding for their state education departments to implement certain um, parts of CRT. Hot garbage. Unbelievable, but very believable because our governor continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. um, And she continues to surround herself with the wrong people, giving her the wrong advice to push this agenda, which is obviously failing. That's why Virginia, a blue state, turned red because of education, because of parents, right? And that's why Michigan is going to have a red tsunami here in November. And we're going to lead that charge because on day one, I will be banning CRT. It is banned. And any other kind of evolution of that garbage, if you want to teach my kids critical anything, how about critical reading, right? How about critical math? How about critical science? You do not have a right to tell my kids what to think. You can have them critically think, but not what to think. And my child should not know your political beliefs, regardless of what aisle that you are on. And we're going to hammer down and make that happen because we are going to ban CRT and the diversity, equity, inclusion training, all the other garbage they'll they'll call it that make it sound really good. But we all know it's backed with this Marxist agenda to indoctrinate our kids. And we've had enough. Okay. So instead of spending all this money to further a political narrative, which she is so good at, hey, how about Um, helping with the mental health crisis. 
How about um, supporting these teachers? Hey, folks, teachers aren't the problem. I'm here to tell you, teachers unions and the administration are the problem. The teachers are giving a just a horrible situation right now. They got the teacher union pressing them on the on the top. They have the parents pressing them on, on the other side. And the teachers are like, hey, I just want to teach the kids because we're not going to allow a few bad apples to spoil the bunch in any profession. OK, so the teachers need our support. And these kids, look, these kids are in a mental health crisis, whether these parents want to believe it or not. We have scarred these kids over the last two years and set them back years in education. And we're just going to hand them off to the teachers and say, hey, now you get to deal with it. And the teachers are like, you're not giving us the support. So we got to support our teachers and we have to get all kinds of mental health um, counselors and everything else in these schools to help these teachers and help these kids. And then we have to invest and make sure the money's trickling down to the kids to make sure that we're catching up. And that's unfortunate because that's what we're doing. We're catching up in education. And it didn't have to be this way. And that's what's been so frustrating for all of us. So we will continue to do what we do best. We will inspire. We will um, deliver hope, unity, unity. And that's how we move not only our state forward, but that's how we move our country forward as we continue to take back lost ground. We're not holding the line anymore, folks as we continue to take back lost ground and take back our country in 2024. That is my job as the leader of this unbelievable movement. So tonight, Calhoun County Tea Party, we are coming tonight at April 28th, which is tonight, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. American Legion Post 298 at Springfield, Michigan. The address is in the description of this video, along with the link that you can always find out where we're going to be here in the near future. Folks, it's your job to come, but not only come, it's not each one bring one, it's each one bring many, bring others. Bring others to these events. Bring these old school Democrats who are walking away to the party and trying to find out where they're going to go. Bring them. Allow them to come, understand what we're about. And the debates are happening in less than or two weeks today. And I am excited for that. And I know there's candidates calling on, well, I want to debate each person individually. <laughs> you got to earn your spot on stage, young man. Um, you just have to. And that's what I stated from the very beginning. Look, to be a viable candidate, you have to get on the ballot, which a lot of these folks have done. Well, we're finding out some of them are getting challenged. We'll see who's on the ballot. But number two, I said this time and time again, you have to have the ability to fundraise. You have to fundraise. If you don't fundraise, I don't care how great you think you are or how great your policies are or what what kind of person you think you are. If you don't fundraise, you're dead in the water because all you have is a small echo chamber. And it may be loud, but it's not going to reach the masses. And that's one thing that we have learned over the past two years is if you tell a lie long enough, people start to believe it. And Governor Whitmer has a war chest right now of a $14 million lie and growing. And that's going to climb from early estimates of 30 to 50, even $100 million that she's going to have by the general. That's a big lie. That's a lot of media. So if you tell that lie and you can't combat that lie, you're in trouble. And so our campaign has out fundraised every other campaign besides James Craig and his establishment money in the beginning, which I heard it's not doing too well, except for James Craig, but every other candidate combined, folks, we are well over $1.7 million and we continue to fundraise. 96% of that comes from underneath us, or underneath the amount of $200, which I'm very proud of. 96% of that comes from within the state of Michigan. Um, it's all their public knowledge. And we're going to be the candidate who can combat that lie. And we'll continue to fundraise. And if you can't get people 
to financially commit to your ideas and your vision of the state, how in the heck are you going to run the state? So fundraising is critical. And if you're not fundraising, you're not viable. I don't care how much you scream and yell like a two-year-old child, you're not viable. Okay. And that's just the facts. So we'll leave you with this. Calhoun County coming tonight, Springfield, Michigan. Each one bring many. Let's rock and roll. And I'm going to leave you with this wonderful interview that we um, were involved with, with an eighth grader named Zane. Um, And he was asking me and my wife some really great questions. He actually did a whole heck of a lot better than a lot of other media interviews. And so I want to leave with you a little inspiration, a little hope today as we continue to hammer down. So here you go, folks. Have a great day. Do you believe that anyone can take a stand and make a difference in their community? If so, why? Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yes, that's one thing I always preach is so many people think they don't have enough in them to do something or they don't have the confidence or the strength. We're powerful beyond measure. God has given all of us some type of greatness within us. We just have to merely muster the courage to claim it. And so when people stand up, that allows them to understand and know that they're standing up for something that they believe in. And if everyone would stand up for what they would believe in and have difficult conversations from a variety of different people and backgrounds and experiences, we'll not only make the state better, but we'll also make our country better. How does it affect your day when you hear he helps someone in need? Well, of course I'm proud. Um, That is the biggest thing that I get to see him share his gifts with other people. Have you noticed Dr. G having a positive impact on the life of younger people? Yes, and I can think of a few definite examples, um, whether it be inspiring and um, mentoring kids and young adults to go to chiropractic school and uh, coaching kids in lacrosse. He's done that. And I would have to say that the overarching theme for both of those situations is not just how to pick the right class, how to become a good adjuster. It's not how to perfect your skills in the sport. It's, it's actually how to be a good human too. It's life lessons also. Tell me about a time when you motivated someone in the younger generation to fight for what they believe. Well, I tell you what, um, if you go all the way back, right after I got cut from the Chicago Bears, um, when you were at the Chicago Bears, you got a bunch of gear, like cleats and stuff and jerseys and shorts and shirts. And once I got cut, I got to bring all that stuff home. So I had all this big old pile of shoes and stuff that were never gonna get used. And there was a neighbor kid down the street and he came down to me one day and he said, hey, can you train me? Because he wanted to play football. He was probably 13 or 14 years of age at that time. I was like, sure. And so every day after school, I, he would come down and we run, run drills in our yard and I'd throw catch with him and I'd give him motivational um, advice and he didn't have cleats. And so I gave him a pair of cleats and he wore them all through high school. They were his lucky cleats. 
But during this time, I'd always give him some motivational quotes and stuff that I really um, found value when I was going through football in my Division I career. And one of the quotes that I wrote down on him on a piece of paper, it said, confidence is when you go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and bring the tartar sauce along with you. And I didn't know this, but he laminated that card and he kept it into his wallet. And he reached out to me just this past year. And he said, I still have that card. 22 years later. And so you never know what small act that you may say or do that may literally change someone's life or change the lives of millions tomorrow. How does it make you feel when you help a person in pain, specifically in the chiropractic field? Oh, it feels great because one thing that we know is when people are in pain or if they have headaches or low back pain or neck pain or something going on, they're not who they should be because when you're in pain, you're hurt. And sometimes these people come across as angry or frustrated or hating life. No, it's just that they're feeling horrible inside. And that's one thing as a doctor, we could help people be not only better versions of themselves, but make them feel better. That's huge. And I've seen hundreds of cases where we got people out of pain and literally their whole mentality changes. They become nicer, they become more joyful, um, and that's pretty amazing. Tell me a story when you witnessed him helping someone in need specifically in the chiropractic field. Lots of patients that come in in pain, um, their teachers, their moms and dads, their um, different coaches and things like that and students. And when you think about when somebody's in pain, they're not their best self. So when um, Garrett could help them chiropractically, it makes them a better mom, it makes them a better student, um, and just a happier person who treats others um, well too. How have you supported him in his standing? Well, I think it's really important that we as his family and um, people around him, his close friends, support him because it's tough. It's tough to be the one to stand up when it's not popular. It's tough to have people criticize you and say negative things about you. It's tough when people who you thought were your friends walk away from you and they are not your friends. So it's important that we do support him and we love him and we know why he's standing up so it makes it easier too. Tell me about a memorable time when you helped us change someone's life in the chiropractic field. Oh, that's, that's another good question. Um, I can't give you his last name, but his first name was John. And he was a Division I athlete at Western Michigan University. And he was in chronic pain all the time. He had what was called a stinger. And a stinger is when you have pain shooting down your neck into your arm. And it was like that all the time for this young man. And he thought that was his real that he was going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. And so he came to my clinic as kind of like a last resort because everything else wasn't helping him. Uh, the medical doctors weren't helping him. The physical therapists weren't helping him. And he came into my clinic and we uh, ran him through our procedures, did exams and x-rays, and I finally adjusted him. And with that one adjustment, all of his pain went away. And I didn't know this till later, but he literally went out to his car and he started crying because he finally felt that relief he finally knew there was hope. And you know what the best thing about that story? After he was done with college, he went to Palmer Chiropractic College and now he's a chiropractor. Have you noticed a positive impact on the community and people surrounding you since he spoke out? I definitely think that since he spoke out that people have had more courage to stand up as well. So they see one person stand up and they think, I'm not alone. 
and I can do that too, and it's just a ripple effect. What made you ultimately stand up for what you believe? Well, I believe in this country. I believe in this flag. I believe in those very words that were inked on that piece of paper called the Constitution of these United States. And I believe in those unalienable rights that our Creator bestowed upon each and every one of us of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so when those all got taken away from us um, and nobody else was standing up, I decided that I needed to get something off my chest. And so I went on and I started that Facebook group called Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine. And I did that little five minute video never knowing that it would lead to a movement of hundreds of thousands of people being connected. And that movement was able to inspire positive change throughout the state and throughout the country and even the world. And that's the, what I've always said is the power of one can lead to the power of many. You just never know what small act that you may do that may literally change the lives of millions more. power of our movement, the power of all of you, we the people. And I will continue to lead. I will continue to inspire. I will continue to inspire hope to continue to activate and inspire Michigan's greatest asset. And that is all of you, the people, to influence, inspire change. And not only our state, but our country, unity. That's how we're going to win this thing. And that's how we're going to do this thing. Okay. Um, and I just got to have a little shout out to my lovely three quarters, my wife, my goodness gracious, does she look like she's going to be an amazing first lady? That is for sure. Okay, so I'm very blessed. And obviously, I'm married up. Okay, so have a great day, Springfield, Michigan. See you tonight. Have a wonderful day, folks. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan. And God bless these United States. I'm Garrett Soldano, and I am your next governor. Talk to you soon.